This is a good day to be alive. Amen. As you're turning, one more time, I know you just sat down, but if you're able, if you're not, I totally understand, but our custom here is to stand for the reading of the Word, and I won't keep you standing long this morning, but in honor of the Word of the Lord this morning, if the Lord would help me for a few moments, I want to talk to you today about the beginning of the end of an era, or I could say it this way, I believe with all the fiber that's in me that we are a generation that's getting ready to experience the greatest reversal of all time. So we're going to preach for a few moments that the Lord would help me this morning on the great reversal. But in 1 Samuel chapter number 30, a very familiar story today. I want to begin this morning in chapter number 30, verse number 1 and the following. And it says, and it come to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and had smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives and that those that were therein, they slew not any, either great or small, but they carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence in this room today. And Lord, I pray that for the next few moments that you would anoint this vessel of clay to speak that which you have birthed in my spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would anoint this word, that it would touch hearts, lives, and change us forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. This morning, while our world has been shaken by demonic invasions on many fronts today and causing a generation to be overwhelmed and paralyzed by a demonic spirit of fear, it is time for the truth to be proclaimed. Currently this morning, we are witnessing the enemy do as he pleases with little to no resistance, it seems. We are currently dealing with a society that looks much like Jerusalem did in the days of Nehemiah and much like Ziglag in the days of David that we just read. Let me remind you that in Nehemiah chapter 1 verse number 3 it said that the remnant that was left of the captivity there in the providence of Jerusalem, they was in great affliction and reproach, and the wall of Jerusalem was broken down, and the gates thereof was burned with fire. The gates of our cities have been burned. Our walls are been torn down daily, and if we would be honest this morning, our temples are lying in ruins as well as our families have once again been taken into captivity. In order for you and I to deal with this crisis, we must be first become willing to be honest. And sometimes that's difficult, but this morning, let us understand that much of what is going on is due to our own doing. 
We have left the foundation of God's word and we live in disobedience to his commandments. But this morning as we visit a familiar passage of scripture, I want to make it clear that like then, presently now, there is still hope if we call on Jesus. It's very clear in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse number 1 through verse number 4 that the hearts of men were overwhelmed in this moment. But it was in this moment that David, even though he was greatly distressed, if you read chapter number 30, verse 6 through 8, you will find that it says that he was greatly distressed. But even though he was distressed, he made a decision to encourage himself in the Lord. You and I today must understand that we too must begin to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Not only do we see David, he pauses and begins to remember the goodness of God and the grace of God, but he does not stop there because then if you read a little further in this chapter, verse number 9 through verse number 13, you will find that he then asks for the priest to bring him the ephod. And as he begins to seek direction and guidance for what he should do now in verse number 6 through verse number 8 and then going into verse number 9 through 13, we find that there is a complete shifting in his behavior because we find at the beginning of this chapter they're weeping and they are at their place where there is no strength left in them. But now upon seeking the direction of the Lord, we find that after experiencing that which he did when he found the ephod and began to ask the Lord very specifically, what should I do? We find that David's demeanor began to change and it changed quickly. And the word of the Lord that came to him after he asked these two questions, he said, shall I pursue after this troop and shall I overtake them? He only received one word from the Lord. And that one word was enough for him to change his behavior. The word of the Lord was simply pursue for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. You say, why is that important for you and I today? Notice with me, David was war weary with nothing to hold on to except a word from the Lord. Pursue. The word pursue simply means this, to follow in order to overtake, capture, or to kill, or etc. Meaning that I am giving you the charge to not just follow an enemy, but I'm giving you the charge to go overtake them and to bring them into your care. You say, why is this important? We see David at this point, he has 600 men with him. They have been fighting, they've been laboring. But we find that when they get to the brook that two of the, 200 of them are too weak to continue the journey, to even fight. But yet, so 200 of them stays to guard the stuff. And we find that 400 men with David began to take a journey, all based on one word, says pursue. 
They didn't understand everything that was going on other than the fact that they knew this, that the enemy had come to their city and had took everything that was precious to them. And even though for a moment they sought to even slay David because of the grief that they was experiencing, in that moment of time, we find that after David spends time seeking the direction of the Lord, after asking for the ephod, we now see he has 400 men that has gathered arms and they're willing to pursue with him. Now, most of you are familiar with this story, but we find that as they begin to take this journey, that they ran across a young Ethiopian boy in the field who had fallen sick and who had not ate for three days. So they give this young boy food and water and they begin to ask him who he is and what does he belong to. And he says, well, I was with a group and my masters left me because I fell sick and, and we invaded and we burned the city of Ziglag. And he said, do you know where they are? And all of a sudden he says, I will lead you to them. But do not release me into their care. Do not bring death to me. And now we find that in this story that David and these 400 men find themselves at a ridge looking over. And notice what they see. They see the Amalekites rejoicing, dancing, drinking because of the spoil that they have in their possession. I stand before you today and let you understand this with me, please. That while they was rejoicing, they failed to understand that God was still favoring his anointing. They wasn't thinking about a young shepherd boy that had been in the presence of a prophet that had had a horn of oil dumped on his head. They wasn't talking and thinking about the stories that they had heard of a man named David who had been in a field and had smoked a, a lion and a bear. They wasn't thinking about this David that had stood and defeated a Goliath with just a stone and a sling. But they was called up in their demonic activity in such a manner that they said, we have brought defeat and death. But what they failed to understand is that when God anoints somebody, he doesn't just go with them partway. He doesn't just go so far. But his word word says, I'll never leave you, never forsake you, but I will be with you always, even to the end. And David wasn't at the end yet. And can I tell somebody in this room today, uh, you're not at the end yet either. And let me go a little further and say that the United States of America is not at its end yet. Uh, can I tell you today uh, that we can still stand with our head lifted high uh, because we are still serving a God uh, that does not change. Amen. It appeared that as it was settled that David had been defeated, that he had lost all of his credibility along with his family. But the Lord had spoken and had once again favored David. I stand this morning and tell you that currently we are seeing things and the enemy will tell you, oh, this is it, and this is 
over and it's nothing but doom and gloom from here. It's just death from here. But I stand and declare to you today that what you currently are seeing is not how this thing ends. But there is some things changing. There's something shifting in the spiritual realm that men have not calculated into their equation. And, and I know that, that there's a, a lot of stuff going on in, in the eastern part of the world today. But can I tell you today uh, that my God is still on his throne uh, and he's still uh, there uh, for you and I. And, and I know there's some things prophetically uh, that has to line up and has to take place. Uh, but I'm not so sure I'm going to jump on the bandwagon yet and say uh, it's all over uh, because can I tell you uh, there is a promise in the word of the Lord uh, that he's coming back for a glorious church uh, and I can tell you this uh, this thing isn't over uh, until we come back into the place where the glory and the power of God once again uh, is in our presence uh, and can I tell you this is just some things that's happening it's getting ready to take us to that place, I believe. I know it may appear that all is lost and that we're on the verge of defeat, but I have to say to you that there is men and women that have been crying, bring me the ephod. They've been coming to a place of prayer and separation and They've been entering into some places where God's began to visit them. And once again, he's favoring his anointed. There is a recovery, I sincerely believe, that's about to take place. See, David was overlooking. And all of a sudden, when he saw them in their drunken stupor, he began to invade them from twilight till the morning. And none escaped other than 400 young men that jumped on some beast and fled. And we find that he recovered all. Why is this so important on this Sunday morning? Can I tell you today that there is men and there is governments that is drunk on power this morning. And in their drunken stupor, they have failed to notice that there is a church on the ridge. And it has more than 400 this morning. But it's in a place where it's wrapped in power and authority. And can I tell you this morning, that we are serving a God that remembers. And because of the cry that has been made by the people of God, he has began to remember us. Listen, the word remember is not just I remember, but you and I must understand that if we're really going to grab the context of what has been said, when you begin to read through your Bible where it says, and God remembered, and God remembered, uh, he's really saying, uh, and God zakar, the Hebrew word for remember, meaning this, I turn my attention to you, and then I bring a movement on your behalf. 
how can I say that? It's because, uh, and God remembered Noah, and he caused a wind to blow up on the earth. Uh, and God remembered Rachel, and he listened to her, and he caused her womb to open. Uh, what I'm saying is this, uh, is that when we begin to see God remember his people, uh, he doesn't just remember, uh, but he begins to turn his face to them and says, uh, I'm going to move on their behalf. Uh, that's why when you read the psalmist uh, in Psalms 106 and he says, Lord, remember me. Uh, he wasn't crying out to him because he thought that the good shepherd had forgotten him. Uh, he was just saying, God, I need you to turn for me right now uh, and I need you to move on my behalf. Uh, can I tell you this morning, uh, I understand lots of things are going on, uh, but I got to tell you this morning, uh, you got to look up, you got to be encouraged, uh, you got to begin to lift your hands, uh, lift your voice, uh, because we are not going down in defeat this morning, uh, but we have a God uh, that is remembering, uh, and he's turning, uh, and he's about to move again, uh, he's not going to just blow uh, like he did uh, to dry up some water, uh, but that same sound of a rushing mighty wind uh, that we heard in the book of Acts uh, is about to return to God's people because he is favoring us once again. There is a recovery. Tell your neighbor, there's a recovery about to take place. Now tell your other neighbor and they'll believe it a little more like you believe it when you tell them that there's a recovery coming. What do I mean by that? Uh, in my prayer time, in my time alone with the Lord, uh, over the last couple of days, uh, I was really warring. Uh, can I tell you, I was going to preach some other things this morning, uh, but the Lord began to pull and tug. Uh, and, I, and I said, God, uh, I need some direction. Uh, I need some guidance. Uh, what I did, I had to go back and ask for the ephod uh, and say, God, uh, I need the direction of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and when I began to hear him speak in my life, uh, I began to hear him say, very clearly. Uh, evil men is about to be slaughtered and overthrown. Uh, governments will be toppled in a matter of minutes. Uh, they have uh, overplayed their hands, says the Lord, uh, for they have touched my bride uh, and I will avenge her, says the Lord. Uh, this era that we have been in the last few years uh, is coming to a close uh, and there is an unexpected reversal that's coming, uh, not because we deserve it, uh, but because of his grace and his mercy. Uh, that's been extended uh, not to a government, uh, not to a nation, uh, but to the people of God uh, that are still walking upright before him. I gotta tell somebody this morning uh, that from the ash heap uh, is an emerging spiritual army uh, that will not back up, shut up, uh, but it will stand up uh, and it will be heard uh, and there will be a manifestation of the power of God. There is a release of the Holy Ghost for you and your family in this time. But you're going to have to do what David did. You're going to have to cry aloud. It is in this hour, church, that there is a restoring and a reversing, I believe. That which looks impossible. Much like in Nehemiah's day, I hear the Lord simply saying, be strong, very courageous. Because I am going to cut off the enemy from my people. 
It looked like it was an impossible thing for Nehemiah to rebuild the walls and repair the gates. But in just a few days, things began to change. How can you stand with confidence, Pastor, this morning and say, things are going to change? I don't want you to take my word for it this morning, but I want to give you just a few passages of Scripture this morning that hopefully will build your faith. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse number 4. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. Tell your neighbors, say, victory's mine. They used to sing a song, victory, victory, victory today is mine. Listen, some of us ain't won so long, we don't even know what victory looks like, smells like, sounds like. Can I tell you, victory is yours. But it doesn't stop there. Philippians 4.13 says, I can. Who can? Who can? I can do all things, some things, all things, through him who strengthens me. But it doesn't stop there. If you read John chapter 16, verse 33, the words of the Lord says this, in the world you will have tribulation. Tell your neighbor, say, it's going to get a little rough maybe. But take heart. I have overcome the world. If he's overcome and we're in him, then we overcome. So it goes back to no weapon formed against me can prosper. So why are we sitting around with our head low and our hands down? Listen, this ain't a time to weep, but this is a time to understand the word of the Lord says pursue. What are we to pursue? There's a harvest standing in the field. Uh, Listen, don't say four months from now we'll do it, uh, but right now it's ripe, it's ready. Uh, Listen, your sons and daughters have already been visited by the Holy Spirit. Uh, They're just waiting for somebody to tell them, come on home, uh, because uh, there's a place prepared at the table for you. Uh, Listen, uh, it's not time just to sit. It's time to pursue. Psalms 108, 13. With God, somebody say with God. With God God we shall do violently. It is he who hath tread down our foes. Can I tell you, there's an enemy that's already been defeated. We're just going to have to go stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Let me give you just a couple of more this morning. Deuteronomy 20, verse 1 through 4. Let me read part of this for you. When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when you draw near to the battle... The priest shall come forward and speak to the people and shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for the battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies 
to give you the victory. But Paul had something to say about this as well. He says in Ephesians 6 and 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. But we find also, verse number 13, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. You say, but preacher, I've went through some stuff and I ain't got it right. And this and that. Listen, Proverbs 24, verse 16. For the righteous falls seven times and rises again. But get this. But the wicked stumble in times of calamity. Our world is in a time of calamity. I have friends in Romania that's preparing for refugees as I speak. I have friends in other parts of that part of the world that is working diligently to touch lives in a positive way. And if you was to talk to them this morning, they would say it's full of calamity. And some people will say, oh, no. But I can't help but begin to get a little spring in my step and say, thank God. Because in the time of calamity, wicked stumble. But the righteous emerge victorious. Can I tell you that there is a stumbling? Man, I feel this thing this morning. There's a stumbling about to take place. There, 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 there's an opposition about to take place that nobody calculated for. Can I tell you, old Mr. Putin wasn't planning on 16, 17-year-old men and women picking up arms in Ukraine and saying, not today, devil, but the only reason they're doing that, you'll find that many of them that have picked up those arms is men and women of faith, why cowards of the world run to other nations. Uh, but can I tell you, I'm not judging, I'm just saying uh, that when there's a God inside of a man and a woman, uh, they will automatically begin to stand for truth. Uh, and can I tell you right now, uh, there's an uprising, uh, not just with the lifting of a voice, uh, but with the lifting of backbone of men and women of all ages that says, not today, devil, uh, because uh, this isn't your day, uh, but this is the day the Lord has made, uh, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, listen, uh, my heart is broken for the travesties that I'm seeing, uh, but I've got good news. Uh, it doesn't end this way. Yes, I know uh, that there is a day coming uh, where Russia and China and Turkey and Iran uh, they're all going to push their way all the way to the tops of the mountains of Israel uh, but also know this uh, that when they get there uh, my God says not now uh, not now uh, because then uh, he begins to fight uh, on their behalf uh, and there's only a sixth part of Russia that's going to remain uh, so can I tell you his name and his life uh, is just momentarily uh, but my God is going to live forever uh, his reign's going to be forever. Uh, and I'm part of that this morning. Uh, you're part of that this morning. Uh, we ought to get ready. Uh, there is a reversal that's coming. 
So don't you allow the enemy to birth you and burden you down with fear. But this morning, please hear this preacher. It's time to get up as they sung this morning. Get up out of that grave of uncertainty. Get up out of that grave of not knowing. Now, get up out of that grave of fear that the enemy's tried to put you in. It tells you that it's all over. Uh, but I come to tell you this morning uh, that the church of Jesus Christ uh, is about to step into one of its most glorious hours that it's ever known. Uh, there is an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Uh, sons and daughters are about to prophesy. Uh, there's wayward children about to come home. Uh, they say, you're too optimistic this morning, preacher. Uh, no, I've just read the back of the book and I know how it ends uh, I know that I'm on the winning side uh, and I know this that there's no devil in hell that's able to defeat the church of Jesus Christ uh, and if you are blood bought spirit filled on your way to heaven uh, you ought to begin to rejoice uh, because that means there's no devil in hell uh, that's able to defeat you uh, that you can rise up to anything uh, and you can take authority and walk in victory today the question is and I'm closing this morning, believe it or not, I'm not, taking, I'm not taking all of my time this morning. Nobody start counting my closings, though. But we're in a place right now that we have never been before in this nation and in this world. And I know others will simply try to give you an analysis of this is getting ready to be, and that's getting ready to be. Listen, that's all good and grand. But if you really want to know what's getting ready to happen, you got to go to the book. you got to go to the book and you have to understand this morning that just like David, when he recovered all and nothing was lacking, the church, I'm talking about the remnant church, is getting ready to recover all and nothing's going to be lacking. What does that look like? It means this. That on the day of Pentecost... When there was a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind and men began to stand up with power and authority, hearts began to be drawn to God in such a way that 3,000 was added to the church. And if you read, you will find that daily there began to be. Listen, there was nothing lacking. If you read a little further, it says they had all things common. Meaning this, they was walking in health and strength. They was walking in power and authority. Uh, they was walking in a place uh, that men could not understand. Uh, and can I tell you, you're getting ready to experience one of the greatest divides that you've ever seen in history. And it's not going to be from a political standpoint. But the greatest divide that we've ever seen in history is getting ready to come within the church world of America. Because there's going to be entertainers. Uh, there's going to be those that are full of false teaching and self-help. Uh, and listen, uh, they can do what they will. Uh, but there is a blood-bought church uh, that's about to emerge. Uh, we're not going to emerge with lights and smokes. If you use that, fine. Uh, but listen, we're going to emerge with miracles, signs, and wonders. Uh, there's going to be a proclamation uh, that the goodness of God and the power of God and the anointing of God is still present on this earth. And lives are going to be transformed and changed. There's going to be nothing lacking. So what does that mean? It means this. In the midst of great calamity, there's great hope. Because even though there may be a son or a daughter that's out in a foreign land, there's a visitation that's coming that's going to begin to trigger their thinking that says, there's more than enough at my father's house. I think I'll just go. And can I tell you, when they get there, there's going to be nothing lacking. Because he's not going to be coming to them in judgment, but he's coming to them and simply saying, 
kill the fatted calf. Bring forth the best robe. Bring forth the shoes. Bring forth the ring so I can put it on their finger. He simply said, because my son that was lost is now home. Listen, there's a great reversal. I know there's a lot of dancing. I know there's a lot of movement in the world today that says we're winning. But can I tell you, there's some people on the ridge that God's releasing. And they are getting ready to advance. And they're about ready to bring a deliverance to a generation through and by the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. The question is, are you willing? Are you willing to be a vessel in the army of God at this moment in history? If you and I will say yes to God, he will say yes to us. And we will recover all. As they come to the piano this morning, please, please hear me. The beginning of the end of an heir. The enemy has thought, I've got them where I want them. But there is something changing. Men in their anguish have been calling out to God and he is remembering and when he remembers he always brings an action I don't know what you may have need of this morning but I know this you have a God that's able to meet that need I don't know what devil you had to fight this week. I don't know what lie you had to try to overcome this week. But I know this. If the enemy would have had his way, you would have been defeated this week. But God, through his grace and his mercy, has protected us and shielded us from things we did not even know of. He's allowed us to hear this simple word today. Just get up. Don't look at what's missing. Just get up and begin to pursue. Oh, how they must have felt looking over this mighty army that had burned everything, took captive their wives, their children. I don't know what they actually saw, but they possibly could have saw them sitting there in shackles and Bonds, piles of their stuff everywhere in the possession of the enemy. Outnumbered, outgunned. Didn't seem like it was possible. But God said, pursue. There's a lot of things that just doesn't look possible in the natural today. But God says, pursue. How can I stand with such confidence this morning? It's because in the midst of everything that's going on around us, I'm still hearing testimonies of men and women that have been wayward that continues to say, I just began to cry out to God. 
continue to see the favor of God and the hand of God move in lives and situations. And he's still saying, just pursue me. Just come after me. This morning, as we stand all over the house, please. Very common passage of scripture. It's probably read a lot across the nation today and the nations of the world. Matthew 24, Ezekiel 38 and 39. I believe we should read those and I believe we should have understanding of them. But I also believe that we should stand in confidence that Jesus knew what he was saying. He simply says that you and I do not need to be fearful, nor do we need to be worried because we are not as others are. You see, I have to remind you in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 5, that you are the children of light and the children of the day and you're not of night nor are you of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others sleep but let us watch and be sober for they that sleep sleep in the night and they that be drunken are drunken in the night but let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation Notice this, for God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me remind you, who died for us? Whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Meaning this, we win. We're, we're not going down defeated, church, but we win. And there is a moving of a spirit in this hour. It's getting ready to awaken. A moving of a generation. Let's be part of that, amen? Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms and don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.